Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it, so check it out. Let me know what you think. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting and hosted by my mom, Monica Swanson. On the Boy Mom Podcast, it is our goal to provide you with practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can find show notes for the podcast over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. We're so glad you're here. When they become young adults, when they're transitioning, even in high school, I think this starts. One of the things that we've seen is that when you ask more questions instead of giving answers, changes the dynamic of the conversation and they're less resistant to your authority. Hey, guys, you are listening to the voice of my friend Gwen Smith as we have this important conversation about the joys and the challenges of raising boys into the launch years, the post high school, college, whatever they might choose to do, years where we're letting them go, letting them spread their wings. And I think that we cover so many important things in this conversation. Even if your kids are young, trust us when we say blink and you're going to be there too. So I hope you take some notes and get a lot out of this conversation. As always, anything that Gwen and I mentioned will be linked to in show notes. Now, guys, I have some fun news to share with you. But first of all, if you're brand new here, I want to say welcome. I've been doing the Boy Mom podcast for just over a year now, talking about all kinds of things related to raising boys. And for those of you who have been with me for a while, welcome back. And here is my big news. So I'm so excited to be joining the Christian Parenting Podcast Network family. And here's why this matters. Over the past year, I've been working hard to get parenting resources, encouragement, and support for boy moms out to the world. And I've been blown away by the response. But I want to serve more parents because I really believe that raising boys well matters. Now, in partnership with Christian Parenting, I can join other parents and podcast hosts in getting these much-needed resources out to the world. More ears listening, more changed hearts, more kids being raised in the hope of the gospel. And so in the weeks to come, you probably won't notice much of a difference this 
show is going to go on just as always, other than you'll hear the word Christian parenting in my introduction. But the cool thing is, is I can team up and link arms with other podcast hosts in the network, encouraging one another. And I'll be sharing some of those podcasts with you in future weeks. I think you're going to love so many of them. So guys, I'm really excited. All, all that's ahead this fall and winter, I've got a great lineup, so many wonderful topics, and I'm just excited to have you here with me for the journey. Okay, guys, now this conversation with Gwen is packed, and I think Gwen and I talk about a lot of the things that are in the back of your head through all the years of raising up your kids. So I hope this is an encouragement to you, and be sure to share it with your friends who are getting close to that season of launching their kids as well. So find a comfy seat or slip on your sneakers if you're going to take a walk. And I just hope you feel like you're hanging out with Gwen and I as we talk about the college years, preparing for the launch, all the stuff that we have ahead when we are sending our kids out into the world. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Gwen, welcome back on the Boy Mom Podcast. Monica, I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's been over a year. You are one of my first guests. And I was just recalling that I don't think anybody else knew, but when I had Gwen on the first time, I was so nervous and so new at podcasting. And about 10, maybe even 20 minutes into our conversation, I realized I had not hit the record button. And Gwen, you saved me because you had it recorded on your end. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was fun. And you know, you know, oh. the, the spirit of God being a backup. It was. I'll, <laughs> I'll link to that interview in the show notes for sure. But Gwen, before we dive into this super fun, I'm just so excited about this conversation, but can you start off by telling anyone listening who you are, what you do, and just a little about your family? Absolutely. So hey guys, I'm Gwen Smith. I am just like y'all. I mean, I'm a wife and a mom. Uh, I am a host of a podcast called Graceology. I would love to have you come hang out, be one of my Graceology girls. Uh, mm -hmm. So Graceology is what my passion is right now because my passion is helping women know and trust God more. I love what it says, uh, what Paul wrote all throughout the epistles is that his, his mission was to strengthen and encourage the saints. And I am mm -hmm. all about that. Mm -hmm. And I am married to my hunky college honey. His name is Brad. He's the best. And we have three children who are now all young adults, which is what mm. I think we're going to be talking about today. Two mm -hmm. of which are boys. My first two are boys, you know, Preston and Hunter. So my oldest son is 23 and my second son is 21. And also, I guess I could also mention that I'm also the co-founder of a ministry called Girlfriends in God, which is a conference and devotional ministry. And then, you know, that's really what God has had me doing the past decade to 15 years. I lead worship at women's conferences, love to speak at events, which right now is not happening. But, you know, I just have a... a a regular online presence, all purposed again, just to help women know and trust God more. And I love hanging out with Gwen online, uh, following everything she does. Her podcast is awesome. So definitely check that out. But we're like as far across the country as we could get from each other. So my goal is to one day hug Gwen in person. Same, same. I can't uh, wait. It's going to happen. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm, I'm like dreaming about that. So Gwen is on with me today because I am just like that one tiny step behind her as far as kids' ages and stages go. And I love following what she does. She's got an amazing family and they look like they have so much fun together. And they're kind of starting to do some things that just that step ahead of my boys. And 
we're going to talk about the college years, or I should say post high school. Not every kid chooses to go to college. And right now, that's not all a bad idea to either take a break or do something different because college is not looking like it used to. So we'll talk about that. But Gwen, um, your children have all gone to college after high school, right? Yes. And you, actually, your second son and daughter are still in college. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Tell us what that looks like right now in the middle of this time in the world. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. I just saw someone post on Instagram who is a teacher and mm-hmm. she they are having the students back, a teacher in Tennessee, and they're actually going to have the students in the classroom. It's going to just be with social distancing and masks and all the things. And mm-hmm. the first her first slide she put on a uh, in her story, it said, things are weird for all of us. Mm. And I was like, oh, my word. Right. If there was a, right. a like button on a story, I'd be clicking yep. it. But yep. so that's, you know, for where we are right now, my middle son, Hunter, is a rising junior at the University mm-hmm. of North Carolina, and he will be going to campus. They will have what's called a hybrid of classes. And actually, my daughter, who is a rising sophomore heading to Wofford College in South Carolina, that's the same. They're both going to be reporting to campus with very significant uh, you know, new policies regarding social distancing and wearing masks. And my daughter's a college athlete. She's a volleyball player. And so they're actually still defining and figuring out what that's going to look like, what their season's going to look like. So in such a, a time and season of so many unknowns and so much disruption to what we would air quotes call normal, it can, it's been a challenge, but it is really Man, what a lesson in flexibility. And, you know, and that's really a huge part of adulting. And so I think in that regard, hello, it's it's a major gateway and opportunity for us as parents to be, you know, obviously this is an ideal for any of us. But, you know, you got to you got to ebb and flow and, you know, go with the waves like like, you know, your surfer (laughs) boys would. Right. Totally. Yes. And and my boys, same rising junior and Jonah will be a freshman and they're both at going to be at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California, but I'm I'm with you in that I'm kind of bummed because I'm hearing about all the policies and there's going to be a curtain down the middle of their dorm room. Yeah. Um the masks, all of that, some of their classes they'll do which is kind of weird to be on campus but doing a class from your dorm room. Yeah. But at the same time I'm like, you know what? I'm just so grateful because there's so many colleges out there that just can't meet whether they're just too big or the location So I know a lot of students are having to accept that they're not going to be going anywhere on campus this year. So I am grateful and I kind of feel like, hey, they're all in it together, right? It's it's not like our kids are the only ones. Everybody's going through this weird thing. It's kind of a bonding experience, we can hope. (laughs) They'll find creative ways maybe to have a good time. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's strange and um we all want it to go away, but we have to be flexible and trust God. And I agree with you. I think there are character lessons oh, woven throughout this whole thing. Yeah. Left and right. We can complain, which we often do, <laughs> or we can really focus on what what is God at work teaching us as a world? What Where do we need to see him more and where can we join him? And, and it's really, in fact, I was reading this morning in Colossians, I'm going to say chapter two, where it says... Maybe it's two or three. And and it says, you know, do not focus on things of this earth, but instead, 
you know, think on, think on heavenly things. And, and I was like, man, if I just, if I just read that verse, what would that look like today? And that kind of, you know, that's why as a mom, it's hugely important that we first and foremost stay in the word so that when we have these children, whether they're three years old or whether they're 23 years old, we can be having age appropriate conversations. You know, it's very easy for us to focus on the things in front of us, the things that are seen versus unseen. Yes. Amen. That is so true. And this, I'm going to just take a second to do a little shout out of a study that Gwen got my family onto this summer. So Mm -hmm. over 20 years ago, I can't even remember, but I'm sure it was before I had kids. But I remember, and some of you listening might remember, though this m- might age um, me. And <laughs> me too. <laughs> but, me too. Oh yeah, over 20 years ago, the the study experiencing God was out, and it seemed like all the churches, a lot of small groups, were going through it. And I remember it was really life changing for me back then as a younger believer. And then I kind of tucked it away. It's probably in one of my one of my bins with all my old favorite studies, but. This spring, I was talking to Gwen, and she told me that during the quarantine, her family was going through experiencing God. And I was like, wait, what a great idea. We've got these, you know, young adults and older teens. And so I ordered the Experiencing God study book, which I will link to in the show notes. And my family is, I think we're on week nine. We're just wrapping up week nine. And it has been so good. So I'm hearing some of your language, Gwen, and I'm like, yep, that's experiencing God's <laughs> Totally. <laughs> what is God doing in the middle of all this? And how can we experience him in the midst of it? I love it. Well, ultimately, that is that needs to be the perspective, uh, whether we're talking about momming and parenting or whether we're talking about watching the news or talking to a neighbor from six feet or more apart. I mean, it is, there is so many swirling details of our lives. It's just, it's just, it's, it's very easy to be distracted first and foremost. That's one of the guests I had on my show on Graceology last year was John Eldridge. And he was talking about getting your life back. He's like, we are such a distracted culture. It is so important that we are sit and we are still before the Lord that we, you know, that we just will allow our soul to experience healing. And, And I just think that in terms of you know, God's presence in our lives, there is the awareness of his presence is what's most important for us because he's always there. He He is Emmanuel. He is God is with us. And, you know, Psalm 139 talks about that so extraordinarily. David mm-hmm. talks about his inescapable presence. You know, where yes. can I go from your presence? If I go to the heights, you're there. If I go, make yeah. my bed in the depths, you're there. And <laughs> right. he talks about the fact that God's presence, like it, it envelops us. He is always with us, but our awareness of his presence and the work around us is really what needs to be heightened. And that's going to happen when we, when we get with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And, and I know a lot of the listeners out there have young kids, maybe yeah. just babies even. And even in those days, God is so near and how we can just attune our heart to hear his voice in those quiet moments through his word, through our circumstances. Oh, it's, it just, it's such a game changer and it brings so much joy to life when you just take that shift, you know, and focus in on what he might have for you that day. And my family's just been having a blast and really each of us experiencing things different. I feel like it has really been a game changer. So especially if you have older kids, that might be a great study to go through together. But uh, thank you again, Gwen, for tipping me off to that this quarantine spring and summer. 
Absolutely. And I would like to just say to any of your listeners who do have the littles, if you've got Mm. the littles and you're overwhelmed with all of the things that you already have to do on a given day, or now you're having to homeschool or, you know, uh, I heard, I heard an actual homeschooler said, no, that's not homeschooling. You guys are, are uh, learning from afar. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, But, but if that's you, this is not, another box for you to check. It is foundational in terms of what's going to fuel you so that you can. And so it's going to look different in every season. And that's where I would speak grace to you and don't beat yourself up for, you know, quote unquote, not doing quiet time, right? Just seek God with your children. Say, Hey guys, let's, let's read the word together. Let's pray about our day. You know, there's a lot of ways we can incorporate this, this into momming, even if you're, you've got the littles, but also just give yourself grace for whatever season you, that you're in as a mom. Yes, absolutely. Such good words. Thank you for that. And also to those with young kids listening, Gwen and I are going to talk today about this post-high school season. And for some of you, it might seem so far away, mm. but I think Gwen and I will agree with um, the idea that really <laughs> you're going to blink and your kids are going to be there too. So this is not as far away as it might seem. And what we would love to do is just cast a vision, hopefully a positive and encouraging vision for how great it can be to launch our kids post-high school into the great big world. And um, it is not without challenges. We're going to talk about the good, bad, and you know everything in between. But we want to cast a vision for the fact that what you're doing today, whether you've got a baby in your arms or a toddler or an elementary student, what you do today is going to help shape your relationship with your kids, shape their hearts, prepare them for that day. Because ultimately, our job as parents is to prepare our kids to not need us anymore. Yeah. And you know we don't want to hear that when they're little and we just want to hold on to them forever. But the truth is, is everything we do when they're little is preparing them for that day that they launch. So Gwen, I'm going to just dive in with a few kind of topics starting from when they launch. And I'd love to hear just your experience. We can kind of share where we've both been with all of these things. But talk to me first about the launch. You had a son first. And so what was that firstborn launch like? Well, I feel like the launch really begins in high school. Because Mm, there is such an independence, especially when you're heading into the years of the driver's license and that freedom where I really say the launch began, I I would have to say that. Yeah. Because when you are training a child to drive, first of all, that's stressful (laughs) (laughs) for me. Yeah, we've got one right now. I don't ever want to be in a car with you guys again. Um, Yeah, that's not easy. Not for the faint of heart, but... When they then take the car and they're not, there's this, there you are beginning to have to release the cord, you know, in such a way that is, you know, it's really steps toward trusting God on a greater level. Because I think that the perception is when our children are little or even up through middle school is that we really are in control, which, hello, that's such a joke. I mean, (laughs) it's never us in control. And yet we have, I feel like there's a false sense of security that I had in my heart when my children were young about their safety, about, you know, all of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when they start driving, there is a release that begins that is pretty compelling. So I'd say for me, it probably started when they were entering in high school and starting to drive and or having their friends drive. Oh, yeah. It's even mm, worse, depending even on worse. the friend. I don't know. Yes, uh, yes. But so there, 
it, it changes the way you pray, but it also changes the way you communicate. So for me, even with high school, I would say one of the biggest things that prepared them and prepared me, which I think both are important, was being present, but not being prominent when it comes mm. to public. Okay. So for example, with now this is okay. So when Preston, my, I, all three of my kids, we had in three and a half years. So uh, yeah. <laughs> when they were in God high school, bless you. I know at one point I had a, a senior, a sophomore and a freshman all in high school Whoa, and our wow. kids yeah, went to the local Christian Academy. And so we had some really cool opportunities with a lot of family and community and, and just a lot of really cool, uh, athletic, I have, I have athletic kids. So we were always on a field or on a court, you know, but one of the ways, a story that I think of when we're talking about releasing, um, but also being present is they always started off their school year at the Christian Academy by taking a retreat at the local young life camp. Okay. And so it's the whole high school. It's a blast. It's called Windy Gap. And they all compete against each other while they're there. There's obviously a great speaker and lots of good worship, but they're like in competition with all kinds of things. So the seniors versus the juniors versus the sophomores versus the freshmen. So fun. So much fun. And and the goal is for the seniors to win every year. It ends with yeah. this big tribal <laughs> Uh, crazy tug of war. It's a blast. Oh, well, I love it. Yeah. And it was like one of the most special times of the year for all three of my kids throughout high school. Well, my, the year when Preston was a senior and then Hunter was a sophomore and Kennedy was a freshman. I had been asked for years if I could go to Windy Gap with, as one of the parents who serves in the cafeteria and all the moms kind of hang out and we just serve. We're literally, it's crazy how much time you can spend serving kids at a camp, but, <laughs> yep. but there is a little bit of free time. Well, I'll never forget when I let the kids know Preston in particular, who was my senior, that I would be joining them at Windy Cap. You know, uh -huh. I didn't necessarily ask permission and I'm glad right. I didn't uh, okay. because I actually even spoke with Preston about this. He said, you know, I don't know that he was overly thrilled that I was coming, mm, you know, aw. on the front end. He was, he said, yeah. I was probably indifferent, but you know how teenagers can be a little careless yes. with their words. And I think mm -hmm. I was, I was like, mm, it's okay. I'm just going to be serving you. And, uh, you know, but it ended up to be such an amazing experience because it was a shared experience. It was, so what began with indifference on his end, be became grateful. And we talk about it later, the fact that, you know, initially he might not have, if I would have said, do you want me to come? You know, he might've said, probably not mom, mm -hmm, but instead mm -hmm. I talked to other parents and, you know, what kind of experience is this? This is important. And it was such an amazing shared experience. So for me, you know, when you are transitioning to releasing your child and, and them advancing towards adulthood, whether that be college or the military or just moving on into the workforce as a, as a young adult, I, you know, I think shared experiences are really important and that's different than, you know, than helicoptering. It's not. Yes. And, and, yes. and I was very intentional to make sure he had his own space. Mm -hmm. But what was super cool is that when his him and his friends 
you know, found out which table I was serving, that's the one they sat at. Nah. Oh, yeah. there we go. <laughs> there yeah, we so go. I got to serve them lots and lots of pancakes, lots and lots of, you know, oh, all the things. I, I kept so it kind fun. of, yeah, but it was, it was I a blast. Love that. I love that. And I think that is just one of those things where from the time they're little, we need to keep taking notes, keep observing. Okay. How, how far do I move in? How far do I pull back? You know, what, what's the best thing for this age and stage? Because it is going to change as they grow up and we don't want to completely release. Like there's, there's that gradual process. So I love that story. So good. And then when Preston went away, remind me, how far did he go from home? Was this a big move or not? When Preston went to college, he was two hours and 20 minutes away. The University oh. of North Carolina. Yeah. It's so it's a, it's a I, I think that's drive. ideal. That's yeah. ideal. Exactly. You can get there if you need to, but <laughs> it's not like they're stopping in every afternoon. It's true. Now, here's one thing that I will say is that in preparation, I would really strongly encourage y'all to be uh, implementing what, what Dr. Kevin Lehman calls reality discipline. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. So he, yep. I, I remember when the kids were little, I read a book called Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And, in one of, and that's where I learned about reality discipline. And one of the ways you teach them to transition and to be responsible is with reality discipline. So for example, he says, you should not wake your children up for school. That is their responsibility. So you get each child a clock and you teach them how to use it. If your child is late or does not wake up or does not hear their alarm, then the consequence is they are late and they, you do not excuse, you do not write that excuse. My child, you yep. know, it, yes. it's, it's not oh, that so he good. had a sick tummy this morning. It's that he slept in past his alarm. So if you call that inexcused, then it's inexcused. And that is something he's going to have to deal with if he gets detention oh. or, you know, what, and, yes. and it's, it's so hard. We it love, is so hard. Oh my goodness. We love to save our children from consequences. And yet the best thing I would encourage young, younger moms to do is allow them to experience the consequences. If they yes. leave their report at home, uh-huh. I mean, I was the one that would have to drive things up, but I think yes. that there has to be, maybe there's one grace opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, if you have a for- forgetful child, then teach a process that will yes. help them with that instead of bailing them out all the time. And oh so, my goodness. I love everything yeah. you're saying so much. And it is so hard, but it is so important and it's necessary so because, you know, better they be late for school or my son took a gap year and my second son. And there were those times where I just knew I didn't hear him getting ready to get out the door. And I'd be like, oh boy, mm-hmm. being late for a restaurant job is, you know, a whole nother thing. You can get fired. You can get fired. And so, but we have to remember that so much better. They learn it now yes. than they learn it one day where the stakes are that much higher. So, whoo, good stuff. Yeah, Good stuff. It's hard. I'm curious how your heart was preparing for and entering into that um, time of of setting your son off on his own to college. Great question. It <sighs> because you go through I, senior year probably mm-hmm. was harder for yes. me than sending him to college because the senior year is the it's the first of every last. Uh-huh. And so oh. for those of you who have a high schooler, prepare yourself mama because senior year for me it, it slayed me. It, it's the parent night at football and then at basketball and then it's the first game and then it's the last game and then and it, we've been raising these children uh to you know, do all of these have the you know, be engaged in all these activities and and then it's the last time when you're 
at graduation, it's just, oh my word. So for me, that was as important for the mama heart senior year phases as taking him off to college. So by the time he was going to college for me, I knew that's exactly where he was supposed to be. And so that gave me more courage when on move-in day. And I, I was fine. I was sad, but my husband was a mess. It's hilarious. Oh, was he? They're besties. Yeah. So, and Brad is such a tender hearted dad. He's an amazing father. And so it was really interesting. I'm like, wait, he's crying. I'm not okay. But it, (laughs) but I was ready by then, but it is really, there's so many layers to that onion. I hope you're enjoying this conversation and there's still a whole bunch more to come, but I want to pause here real quick to thank this episode's sponsor, which is the Dive Homeschool Curriculum. Now, if you've been following my boy's homeschool journey for some time, you know that all three of my older boys have used Dive for their math and science classes, and my older two boys have gone on to take AP courses in physics and calculus and have passed AP uh, tests, and my oldest son has gone on to college where he says his classes in those areas were not a problem at all because he felt very prepared through dive. So that says a lot. I know a lot of people who are considering homeschooling or are just getting started are so worried, wondering if what you do at home is enough to get into colleges. And I'm here to tell you, my boys felt like dive was an excellent way to prepare for college. They got scholarships and they are both studying in the area of the sciences and math. So that says a whole lot. Now, what is dive? Dive is a Christian college preparatory self-paced math and science curriculum with expert video instruction, video solutions, auto grading, and Q&A support. So we happen to be good friends of David Shorman, the man who started and runs the dive curriculum. He's the one who gives all the lectures. He is an incredible man, takes my boys diving and teaches them so much in real life. And he is great on video. So I think you're going to love this. I highly recommend you check them out over at Dive Into math.com. Again, it's diveintomath.com. I'll have links in show notes as well as a little more information about the dive curriculum, but I hope you check it out. And now we'll get back to the show. Yes, yes, yes. And I felt the same way leading up to it. It was even the days leading up to, because I had to fly across the ocean to take Josiah (sighs) to college. But I will say that because both of my boys took a gap year, and and they graduated a little bit young, so it's not like I necessarily had them home longer than most. Right. But something about them being done with high school and kind of going through those lasts, and of course, ours looked different because we homeschooled. I think, you know, in your school situation, you probably had a lot more just big milestones and occasions to savor and and really, you know, made you reflect. Yeah. But after our boys graduated, to have one more year where they were kind of around but not you know, your typical school situation. I think that helped me tremendously because it was just kind of like they were in this in-between place where by the time they left, it was like, yeah, you need to go. Same. You know, it's it's interesting you say that, Monica, because with, with us, our kids entered school at the, you know, average age, whatever. But what we did, uh, our kids were in public school the first 
uh, up through eighth grade, and we transitioned them to a private Christian academy at eighth grade. And so for us, my husband was very adamant. Uh, this was something that he felt strongly about, and I did not. But what we did is we transitioned them to eighth grade again at the oh, at the Christian academy. Go. And I was frustrated. Oh. Thing I'm just seeing dollar signs. I'm like, but uh-huh. that's going to be a lot of extra money we have to spend. And yeah. these kids are very smart. They're already like you know, top of their class. Why would we do that? You know, but it was more about, and this is where my husband was so wise. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm so grateful, but he's like, they, it will give them an extra year of maturity prior to going off to college. And with boys, I could not recommend that more highly. And and honestly, even if your children haven't entered school, I would, if you're on the cusp, I don't know, do I hold them back? Do I wait another year? For me, my opinion, my mama, based on our experience, give the boys an extra year. Yes, yes, yes. I'm with you. I think that's great advice. It made a difference. Yeah, Yeah. both of my sons started college at 19. Mm -hmm. Yep, same here. Exactly. And, And I do feel like they are so ready now. Like, I'm just every day as we record this, um, we've still got a few weeks, almost a month before my boys' college is supposed to meet. And I'm like, please, God, mm. <laughs> my my second son, after this gap year, he is so ready. But you know what? <laughs> he needs to We're, go. <laughs> he needs to go. But we will just trust the Lord with all of that. So because they weren't too far away. Now, both, how far then is Hunter away from home? Is he Hunter the also went different? to the University of North okay. Carolina, which okay. is wonderful. So he's two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Wonderful. So has there been any homesickness? Was that an issue? Okay. So for this was, this is totally different per child. Preston mm-hmm. is, you know, he has a lot more of, he would call all the time. <laughs> Uh, when he was in college, but he did that the whole way through. Now, when yeah. he initially was calling, it was really to connect uh, to home and to, you know, just he 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 did have an element of of homesickness. I and I and I had a conversation with his him about this recently. He said that's really mostly just freshman year stuff. After that, um, our communication with Preston has always been prolific. Honestly, he went on. He played on the junior varsity basketball team at. University of North Carolina, which is very prestigious, and it was a very big deal. So he played for the first three years of college. And one thing, even though we were two hours and 20 minutes apart, my husband, when he he was unbelievably committed, so every home game, Brad drove two hours and 20 minutes up and two hours and 20 minutes back. I did not, I did not, I would uh, watch videos and, you know, connect with him before and after I'm, I don't like car rides and it wasn't that I didn't want to be there. It's just that Brad felt like that's where he needed to be. And now Preston says his Brad's willingness to do that and have a physical presence at his games was, is one of the most special memories of him with college. So, and and so there's a really, and I think that's amazing. And again, I don't feel guilty that I didn't go for me. It was, I was a present in a different way. Yes. And I think that's a really important thing, you know, if we're Mm -hmm. talking about every kid being different, even the way we parent is different and the needs of the child are different. Uh, But it's really been cool for Preston to communicate how special that was, you know, the, the physical presence of my husband during that time. And I I think that that. was meaningful, but there's a difference between us being absent and us being available. Yes. 
And I think that's a huge part of the transition process as well. So when our kids are younger, so if you're, if, you know, I would say the most important thing when they're younger to prepare you for the launch when they are on their own is to win the battles when they're young. Because mm, wow. I mean, Monica, you and I have talked, yeah. we've talked as friends and we both mm-hmm. have some stubborn children and mm-hmm. we have different personalities. <laughs> yes, yes. And with my with my a really stubborn one, which I won't identify. Let me tell you, uh, we there were so many battles of uh-huh. the will, and yes. it was so important that that we were pressing and winning most of those battles when he was younger. And even now, he's a very strong-willed young adult. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so the the crazy part is, it's really cool because he always had us pressing in to make sure that it, you know, it, everything was appropriate and he wasn't ruling the roost as a child. Now it's, it's different. We have different conversations, even, you know, in the, in the times when all of our kids were home, you know, early in the, in the middle of, of all of the lockdown, if you will, with the quarantine, you even even in these times, it was like we have learned. And one of the things that Brad and I talked about is that when they become young adults, when they're transitioning, even in high school, I think this starts. One of the things that that we've seen is that when you ask more questions instead mm-hmm. of giving answers, mm, yeah. it changes yeah. the dynamic of the conversation and they're less resistant to your authority because there is a natural pulling away. That's the way God designed it. And that's, and that's okay. They have to become their own human in terms of their own, making their choices and, you know, adulting. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's difficult, but that was my husband just, he, he has been so wise with that. He said, listen, we need to ask more questions instead of giving them answers. Oh, and that can be really hard too. Cause we want to give the answers. But I think that one thing you're saying that I just love is to continue to have the conversations because even as we're preparing our second son to go away, a few times this summer, certain things have come up that have been, I've thought for a moment, I'm just going to let that go because, you know, maybe it is a matter of opinion or something he says. And I'm like, you know what? This is kind of our last chance. I think we need to press in on this one and talk about this. And so um, we've had some really good long late night conversations where we're like, now, why, what, what made you say that? What makes you think this? And what will this look like when we're not around to coach you, you know? And, and these are important things and yet things that we could just back off and go, oh, he's just, you know, a young college kid, whatever. But I love those conversations and the fruit of it is so precious because I'm looking at him going, he's going to be better equipped to have other conversations because we've dug in and had some hard conversations with him. So I love that. And I think we could take notes from you and and be better at asking questions because my husband and I sometimes are like, we want to tell him how to handle this. Well, we want to, too. <laughs> Trust me, that's the that's the hardest part. Yes. It's it's when you're in those situations. It is it is really OK. So so in this scenario, do you feel that response was appropriate? And, and then when they say, if they're, you know, yeah, justify it, just say, well, what makes you feel that? What is that based on? Is that based on your personal conviction or, 
you know, is it is it foundationally in in alignment with your faith? You know, and that's those kind of questions instead of saying, well, that's not what the Bible says. Totally. But yeah. asking the question and making them come up with the answer mm-hmm. and think through the process, it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, another thing <laughs> that I think <laughs> that Brad really did well and and he modeled well for us is that emotional intelligence just for us to have emotional intelligence about when to engage them and when to circle back around. And what you just said was really important, Monica, because you said, so to have that conversation at night before bed or maybe the next morning while they're eating breakfast, hey, that when when that happened yesterday, I just would love to to you know, hear your heart on that instead Mm -hmm. of engaging in the moment when we're like, when they're young, a lot of times it's discipline swift, make them aware of the fact that that's not appropriate. But when they get older, Mm -hmm. so much of it is actually allowing it to pass, not being emotional as parents, because good glory, it's so easy (laughs) to get all, I mean, I am a fiery girl. Oh my word. Me and you both. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm like a little firecracker and I'm like, hey, and Brad will like, let it go. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's there's wisdom in that. And it, it yes. was so much more effective. Yes. Yes. Oh, so true. I think we could line our families up and have some serious comparisons. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's fun. And you know, part of this too, and this just is part of the conversation of the releasing and letting them go is they are becoming their own people and they're not going to look like us. They're not going to talk just like us. And we can hope and pray that we're passing on all the good. And yet we also have to allow them to have some opinions and to sort through things. And they're probably going to circle back around and come back to the things we've taught them. But sometimes we got to let go. And and that's painful. Yes. (laughs) Part of life. Necessary. (laughs) Well, um, I'll just say for anyone listening to who has a child going further away the homesickness issue. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was so attached to my mom, especially. So I remember that homesick feeling and ooh, it's it's a yucky one, especially as a younger child. But um, even in college, I remember I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and went to college in Southern California. So I was a long ways away too. And I remember just that kind of heartsick feeling. And, and I do believe that my first son had some homesickness, but I think that, I don't know, there's something so special about looking forward to the holidays, looking forward to summer and time flies. And so, you know, any of you who are anticipating sending a kid off, just be encouraged to know that they, they really do grow a lot by having to do things on their own, having to make decisions. And, and yet I will say, I think just like your firstborn, my son and I had so many good talks by Mm -hmm. phone I mean, I felt like we were in some ways closer when he moved away yes. than we were when he was in the house. Because in the house, we're all so busy and there's so many people pulling at us. Yes. But when he would call, I made it my um, just goal to stop whatever I was doing, sit down in a chair, put my feet up and just talk to him. That's and, exactly uh, right, Monica. Yep. Preston would often call <laughs> when he was walking on campus because the University same. of North, Chi- <laughs> North Carolina is huge campus. And he would he would call and he would talk my ear off. And, you know, I'm a writer just like you. We, uh-huh. we write books. We we have so much going on. And when you work at home, sometimes I had to really guard my heart because I would yes. do it as a disruption versus an, an opportunity to be available and have relationship. And, you know, that was something I had to learn as, and I'm still learning even, yes. you know, is 
is being available, you know, in, in the absence being available is really these, these relationships are the most, you know, aside from our relationship with our Lord and, and our spouses, if we're married, these relationships with our children are, are, have to be priority. And it Mm -hmm. is so easy for me to try and think, I don't have time for that conversation right now. Yep. For sure. Yes. It's, it's tough and it's, it takes intentionality. And, you know, there's the reality is there were times where I said, just can't talk right now. And that's hard too. Of course. Oh, that's hard. But, but they get it. They're okay. I love that. Okay. Well, let's shift gears and talk about our kids' faith. I think all of your kids are walking with Jesus from what I understand. Mm -hmm. How did you navigate that as a mom from a distance, did you feel like going away to college nurtured their faith, challenged their faith? Any anything to offer along those lines? Absolutely. Okay, mm. y'all. So <laughs> when we transitioned our kids in eighth grade for the boys, and then Kennedy went in seventh, but when we transitioned them to the Christian Academy, they we sent them to a really gospel-centric high school that taught apologetics every single year of high school. Ooh, love so it. yeah, so so foundationally, plus we had amazing conversations at home. So that was hugely important. And I cannot stress this enough. And, and again, give yourself grace. We all have different layers to what we can expose our kids to, whether they're homeschooled and private school or public school. You know what? We have to make those choices on our own. For us, it was a, it was a blessing and a privilege to have them at this Christian Academy and then to have great dialogue on what they're learning in class, what's going on in Bible, all that kind of stuff. Now, not everyone has that, but you can still have those conversations. Maybe maybe there is a book uh, or a, or something that you could Oh, I had Natasha Crane on my Graceology mm. podcast. In fact, you guys should listen to that. I'll send you a link to that Monica okay. because it is it is how to talk to your children about Jesus. She is Ooh. a she is a mom Christian apologist and she has and this is incredible stuff. I'll send you some information Ooh. for you to share with the girls Monica cuz awesome. y'all should be this is this is practical for everyone whether your kids are homeschooled in public or private yes, whatever. Yes, yes. But the trans- of it. Yes, but the transition to college I talked I literally called Preston before cuz I knew we were going to talk about this and he said, "Listen mom, the first three weeks of college freshman year are the most important period. He said, because though he said it's, he said it, faith, faith can either be a foundation in college or it can be completely forgotten. And he said, you can find anything you're looking for on college campuses. And we can't control that as parents, but we can certainly now there, there are times of releasing, which of course we do, but then there's also times of, you know, casting vision. Like I, one of the first things we encourage you to do is get involved in a campus ministry. They'll all have these opportunities to tell you about which personality they have, what, you know, what's kind of going on with the small groups and everything. Mm -hmm. This was from the mouth of my 23 year old. He said, literally where you plug in early impacts everything in college. He said those first three weeks of freshman year, uh, you're developing new friendships and figuring out what groups you're going to hang out with. And, and, you know, you have to be intentional 
or your kids need to be intentional those that freshman year in terms of gathering Christian community. Cause if you don't do it, then you probably won't do it later. And this is what he witnessed. He, cause wow. he is walking with the Lord. He's very mature in his faith, but he also did get plugged in well. And he sees the difference between that versus some kids who did not get involved right away. So those first three weeks. So if I could just encourage y'all, if you're, you know, have children that are going to be heading off to college or even to the military or to, mm-hmm. you know, to a job, it's going to be on those first few weeks when they are on their own, that they, that they are intentional wow. to connect in Christian community. Oh, that is such good advice. That is such good advice. And I'm going to have this conversation with my son going into his freshman year, which, you know, oh, I just love that. I love that he said that. And I think no matter where they're going to college or whatever they're going to do, like you said, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. Yes. And I mean, my boys go to a teeny tiny Christian school. And yet Josiah has said, if he were not super grounded in knowing what he believes and why he believes it, he said, I would have lost my faith my freshman year. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. And, Preston yep, yep. literally, I mean, University of North Carolina is an amazing university, but it is as it is as carnal, worldly and liberal mm-hmm. as as you could possibly get mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and the importance of to to find that Christian community to connect with other believers and allow those to be some of the first friendships you develop. Absolutely. It's huge, 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 huge. Yes. And I think my thoughts on these on, you know, what kind of college to choose for those Christian families who are trying to help their kids navigate this. I have said, I almost would feel more comfortable sending my kid to a big, you know, secular school where they have to find their community right Mm -hmm. away, where they have to cling to those other believers than some of the, you know, air quote, Christian colleges out there who really are teaching a liberal theology, who Josiah said his advice to all the moms out there is to really make sure your kids are grounded in knowing what they believe while they're growing up. Yes. Don't send them away until you know that they know. And um, I'm excited to check out Natasha Crane. I also have been reading the book and I can't remember the author, but um, Mama Bear Apologetics. Have you heard of that one? I have. I have. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm just partway through it. But from the beginning, I just am so encouraged because she just talks about all the things we can do just as parents, you know, because some of our kids are going to public high schools or public school all the way through, whether we homeschool or whatever kind of school we are sending our kids to. uh, We never want to assume that they're getting what they need through youth group or through church. Uh, We need to do the work at home to talk to them. And it doesn't mean we have to know everything, moms. We can't. (laughs) No. And you know what? Yeah. And this is stuff my husband's great at. He's just loves to study um, apologetics. He can defend his faith. This isn't stuff I'm great at, but I can read a book and go through it with my kids. Yeah. I can point them in the right direction. And I'd say for me, you had a great, you know, private Christian high school your kids went to. For me, we had an amazing youth pastor that mm. met with my kids weekly and he really discipled them. Uh, Josiah continued to call his youth leader when he was away at college just to be encouraged. And I think there's somebody in your community, wherever you are, that would be willing to invest in your kids if they're yeah. reaching out and asking. And now I'm on my third son to meet with Danny. Shout out to Danny, their youth pastor, because yeah. he has truly shaped their hearts and given them such a passion for the Lord and for sharing their faith wherever yeah. they are. So 
you know, moms, I think there's a lot we can do, whatever situation our kids are in, whether they're whether they're stuck at home because of this COVID thing or whether they're away at school. I mean, going to school during their formative years, I just encourage you to make it a high priority to help them get grounded in what they believe and why they believe it. Because yeah. college and the big world out there is going to challenge it like never before. It's it's undeniable. The one mm-hmm. other thing I would say in terms of transitioning your your young adult uh, to college is definitely, definitely encourage them towards a roommate with shared values. Mm-hmm. Now, that's some people are like, oh, whoever they give me is fine. I would say if you can... And, and different kids will accept different feedback and we, you know, we don't want to be controlling and manipulative, but you do want to have uh, comprehensive and meaningful conversations about the importance of having a roommate, especially freshman year, yeah. uh, but any year yeah. with shared values. And yeah. so you're going to have different personalities. You're going to have different study habits, but the shared values is something that I think is huge. And in fact, Preston mentioned that in my conversation with him as well. And I've seen it with both of my sons and their roommates. Uh, so we've had good experiences and not so good experiences, but really the shared values yeah. is, is huge. So yeah. I would encourage you, even if your if your child is like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, right. I'll just no. go with whomever, meet mm-hmm. someone on, you know, it's probably something that I would put in a high priority ca- category. Yes. yes, yes. That is such great advice. And, and pray like for my boys, they didn't get to choose their freshman year. Wow. Um, but I think that, you know, mama's prayers really, <laughs> really worked because Josiah was just paired with such wonderful roommates and he's continuing to want to live with the same um, one of them when they're in a two-man room. But he's, it, it's really neat when they have somebody who they really feel a connection to and that way it can make such a difference. I agree with you. Yes. Okay. Well, my goodness, there's so much more. We might have to have a part two on this topic (laughs) of um, launching our kids and, you know, dating. Well, wait, we haven't even talked about this. We haven't. A public congratulations (laughs) are in order. Not only does college or, you know, the launch come after high school, but, but what else, Gwen, tell us what else comes after or sometime in there? Well, we were excited to have a mar- a, a wedding a month Yay. and a half ago. Yay! Yay. Oh, so, so cool. Did he meet his wife in college? No, it's the oh. coolest story. Oh, tell us, okay, tell us. So her dad, Preston's wife, her dad was our best man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're yeah. kidding. No, no, I'm not kidding. And the kids what? did not really know each other. They They had interactions, like, throughout their lives a few times. But it wasn't until they were teenagers, uh... Uh, actually, he was uh, a freshman in college. She was a senior in high school when they kind of connected as teenagers because her sister, who had uh, was had nationals in Charlotte, and so the families got together. And then they that's where the kids connected and like shared on social. They became Instagram friends, whatever. Then, like literally nine months later, we were at a volleyball tournament in South Carolina, and my kids were like. Hey, Ogilvy's are here. And we're like, what? It like, cause they lived in Florida. We're like, there's oh. no way. There's no way they're at that in Myrtle Beach. There's no way. Yes. And so I texted the, her mom and I'm like, hey, are you guys like really in Myrtle? And she's like, oh my goodness, we are. And I'm like, we are too. And so we just kind of hung out and the families got reconnected again. Uh-huh. And then like there was not even anything at all because it wasn't even time for them to date. Yeah. 
but they just all had a blast together. And yeah. so because they had so much fun at Myrtle Beach together, the mm. kids, the five oldest between our, let's see, shared seven. So the five oldest came to the parents and they were like, we want to go on vacation next year together. Can we like get a house and beach and something? Like that? And so I'm think, all I'm thinking is, are you kidding me? You're going to talk about my family vacation and add another family? I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> I was like, well, maybe we'll talk about it. We'll pray about it. Okay, maybe. Uh, yeah. Give one of those. Yeah. But it ended up where finally, I mean, when we got home, Brad's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's family vacation, you know? But then it was like, well, you know what? We love them. We love them. Let's do it. Like, well, may as well. If the kids like love hanging out so much, then let's do it. Well, it was at that family vacation. It was a shared family mm. vacation that they took note of each other. Yes. And, and then this summer was three years later. So they got married. Wow. It was beautiful. Amazing. Oh. Amazing. Oh, I'm so glad they were able to still have a beautiful wedding, even in the midst of everything. Just so great. Yes. It was outdoor and, you know, oh. so it was, but it was very special. It was very special, oh. but, our, but you know, before that comes dating. And so yes, yes. for us, dating was very non, uh, let's, how would we say we were just non-traditional i mean the america has kids you know on social with phones all the things we you know you and i are a lot alike with this we were way more conservative preston didn't get his first cell phone till he was 16 mm -hmm. and he was so mad that his brother and sister got it at 14 but that's a whole nother story um but we always Brad and I have, instead of, you know, we called our mestimony where we did not make the best choices mm. with purity in our mm. dating relationship. And it led to just extraordinary consequences that I share openly in my, uh, in my, you know, ministry and when I'm, when I'm speaking, but because of that. Uh, we t have raised the kids way more open in terms of transparency, just mm -hmm. really when we raise them. And I believe that that now as they're young adults has been, has led to so much closeness, but we raised them saying the purpose of dating is to find a spouse. It is, it's not to have someone, uh, you know, to, 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 to do all these things with. Now, did mm -hmm. that mean that they couldn't go to a dance? Of course they can go mm -hmm. to a dance. That's yeah. fine. That's yes. not a dating relationship, but mm -hmm. there's a difference. And, mm -hmm. and as a result of, of putting a high value on marriage when they mm -hmm. were young yes, and really saying, you know, you're someday, you know, speaking over your son someday, you know, if you become a husband, you're going to be an amazing husband. And if you become a dad, you're going to be an amazing dad. I see this in you. I speak this over you. I see your compassion, the way you gave uh, your sister that, you know, that piece of dessert because you knew that she really wanted it. That someday God's going to use that. And we just talked about, you know, we, we just put such a high value yep. on family growing up that yes. dating is the purpose that like that's yes. the gateway to it. And totally. and biblically you never see, oh, and these two dated for six months and then they <laughs> broke up and got together. She that's she dated true. him for nine months and then this guy for a year and a half and then so this true. guy for three years. And then she married so and so. It's not what they did. It's it's the purpose of yes. dating, uh, you know, was to find a mate. And 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 that can be recognizing that it's the wrong person. But so with us the standard was you can begin to date when you're ready to take a mate. Wow. Wow. So that's it's that's that's what we ordained. Now, wow. did one of my children want to 
push that envelope mm-hmm. when he was 16? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we just really engaged in the conversation. Yeah. You know, is this some is this someone who you would consider marrying, who you feel mm-hmm. is would make a great wife? And, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. you know. Yes, if you can answer that. Yes, but if you're yes. not willing to have that conversation, then then, then you don't have the, that. Yeah, your motives you know. are probably a little off. Exactly, and yeah. so it, it just oh, that really, is so good. Yeah, and I think the other thing your family did, like ours, is your kids were just busy doing good things. They were yes. in sports. They were tired at the end of the day. They didn't have idle time to just like you know get distracted by meaningless things. And and you know, for my son who's been away at college, he's busy there doing not only his studies, but surfing when he can and involved in ministry. Yeah. And yes. I think that he's, you know, at that place now where that would complement his life and that would be, he's ready to start thinking future. Exactly. But up until then, through those high school years, there's plenty to keep our kids busy. Of know? course. Well, and the thing oh. is, is God has a unique design and personality and, you know, all of those things are wrapped into each individual child. Mm -hmm. And if they are in their teen years, which are so formative, if they are constantly looking for attention or affirmation from another person, it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's, you know, but, but in particular with dating, then especially, and see now I'm a mom of a girl as well. And I know that some of your listeners have that too, Sure, but I mean, my word, I do not ever want my children to be defined by what someone else thinks they're, you know, good and whether they're good enough, pretty enough, strong enough, athletic enough, handsome enough. There's they don't need that. So to have just friendship relationships, learn to connect with other humans, but to to grow into the person that God designed you to be, to thrive in who you are before you come in this pursuit of figuring out who you could potentially be in relationship with another person. I think that's a gift to them. And we we really positioned it as such, like God designed Mm -hmm. you so uniquely, figure out who you are, figure out what you love, figure Mm -hmm. out what you want in the future. Future mm-hmm. And allow that Lord to work on refining your your own character, your own interests, mm. so that you can have this time of development. Mm. And I think that's huge. Oh, that is so good. I I love that, and I think that's such great advice for anyone listening to kind of develop that as a vision when the kids are young. Yeah, and begin to speak into that, and you know, just it will happen more naturally if you're mentally prepared for that when they're young. Oh, Gwen, thank you. This could go on and on. So (laughs) I'd love to have you back on uh, before we close. And I will be linking to anything we've mentioned, of course, in show notes and linking to your website and all that. But if somebody wants to just stop right now and track you down and follow you, where can they find you? Oh, just head to gwensmith.net. So G-W-E-N smith.net. All right. And again, we'll link to all of that. But I I can't thank you enough for your time. You inspire me. Your family inspires me. I love following you on social. And and I know we're all going to meet one day. Just thank you for being with us today. What a great conversation. It has been so awesome to be here with you, Monica. Thank you for having me. You betcha. All right. Until next time then. Aloha. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Maybe you took some notes and you feel a little better equipped 
for those years that are to come. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. I appreciate your ratings and reviews over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. So if you haven't left one yet, maybe as soon as the show is over, you can just scroll right on down on your phone, hit those five stars, or leave a few words about what you love most about the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm excited about my new um, partnership with Christian Parenting Network, and I'm excited about all we have ahead. So thank you for being a part of this special, special place. All right, guys, have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.